This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Beyond the Ballot Box with me, Dashan Johan. Every now and again, we will hear news stories about groups of families facing eviction. For example, the case of Kampong Koskan a few months ago. Oftentimes, um, these people who are forcefully removed from their homes are known as Panaruka Banda. Panaruka Banda in Malaysia refers to urban settlers or urban pioneers. These are individuals or families who have relocated from rural areas to urban or semi-urban areas in search of better economic opportunities and improved living conditions. On today's show, we're going to be discussing all about urban pioneers with Arvind Kadir Chelvan, Youth Chief of Party Socialist Malaysia. Welcome to the show, Arvind. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good as well. Let's start um, with the overview of this topic. How would you define Penaroka Banda? What exactly does that term mean? So Penaroka Banda, or in English we call it them urban pioneers, uh, are basically uh, the people or the families of the people, as in like the descendants of the people, who first came into a certain area nearby uh, Cities. That's why there's a term uh, bandar there. Um, when uh, they came to these urban areas uh, in the early 70s or 80s, the reason that they came was because of the need of uh, labor in these areas within the new factories that were being built, within the government facility, uh, government departments that were being uh, built. They needed staff. So all of these people came out from the rural areas, from the kampongs, uh, and uh, they needed to work here. Now, they cannot commute. It's very far away. And it was those times, you know, no, uh, the commute was uh, terrible. So what they decided to do was they cleared the land and they built their own houses. Uh, Lambat Laon, they got uh, electricity, they got water. You know, it's it's not like uh, these areas are slum areas, you know. Right. These areas are actually like houses built. There's surau there sometimes, quite big, brick and mortar. You have electricity that is being supplied. So TNB knows that they're there. You have water that is being supplied. So in Slango, for example, I Slango knows that they're there. It's a very sophisticated um, area. Of course, not as well-planned as developers would have it. But for what it is, uh, these uh, urban pioneer uh, kampong, so Kampong Kunaruka Banda, are essentially kampong people uh, uh, <laughs> from back then, 70s and 80s, building their own accommodations to serve the needs of uh, the labour force within urban areas. As I understand, Arvin, at one point, the term Panaroka Banda or urban pioneers was not necessarily a, a legal or a widely used term in Malaysia. What was the situation back then and how did the term Panaroka Banda come to be? So... As I said, you know, 70s and 80s, uh, uh, these Ponoroka uh, Banda urban pioneers came and built their kampongs. In the 80s and 90s, the government uh, started to take notice. And then they said, actually, these are all Satingan. Hmm. You know, Satingan, slum dwellers, you know, squatters. Uh, that is a very harsh term to use. Actually, it's, it's not just harsh, it's an unfair term to use. Because it's not as if... Uh, Urban pioneers came from somewhere and are just sitting in a land doing nothing for no reason. No, they are coming to work in your factories. They are coming to work in your government departments. And they are working. And they are working very hard. They never ask you for houses, never ask you for land. 
you know, a couple of people are very generous, you know, they, they see a piece of land that is not being used, they say, never mind, I use it, why do I need to ask people? But they had a right to housing that they did not recognize. But it's okay, they build their own houses. Suddenly, you go to them, especially nowadays, 40, 30 years after uh, the, the, the land has been developed by the urban pioneers, you go and chase them up. Right. So we say, this is unfair. For, for PSM, housing is a right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, everybody deserves housing, especially urban pioneers who have taken up so much effort to clear the land. Because it's not easy. You cannot just go and build a house somewhere. You know, you have to like prepare the land. You have to clear the land, make sure that no snakes, no tigers coming in, <laughs> you know, uh, put in the proper facilities for everyone there. And it's a collaborative effort that we do not see in these days, actually. It's a real, like, what do you call it, united spirit to, if he needs a roof, you build for him. If he needs a kitchen, you build for him. That kind of uh, mentality is there. That's right. how these kampongs are being built. So, in the seventh, uh, so starting from uh, the the nineties, the that's where PSM is involved. Uh, we say, don't call them Setingan, mm-hmm. no. And this started with Doctor Nasela. Don't call them Setingan. Call them urban pioneers, Ponoroka Banda, because that's what they are. They have uh, come to the urban areas and they have developed the land uh, that is there. And uh, as I uh, and we hold on to that for a very long time we helped a lot of uh, of uh, of these couples from forced evictions especially during it, i'm talking mainly about selangor because i know a lot about selangor right, right? Uh, especially during uh, kirtoyo times in selangor where they had the program sitting at sifa and there was a massive slum clearance uh, they called slum clearance uh, slum clearance uh, program where all, a lot of these kampok uh, peroka bana were being destroyed our friends in pakatan uh, harapan now pakatan rakyat then uh, uh, they they were with us in this struggle mm. I, i do not deny uh, and uh, so much so that when they came into power in selangor in 2008 the program for evicting uh, uh, um, especially this kampok uh, stingan uh, forced eviction we called it pengusiran paksa right that was Uh, that was uh, within their policy to be you know eliminated and the new policy that came up was if anyone is being evicted and the government needs the land or any private entity needs the land they will be uh, compensated by uh, giving a rumah ganti or as in like uh, you know an alternative uh, accommodation or uh, the required uh, amount of uh, money uh, the equivalent amount of money essentially right so that has been the policy a lot of the times it's not being followed so uh this way like we stay in this struggle uh, up until today lah you brought up forced evictions um and i think that's something that we need to dive into right because um when we like you laid out um panoroka banda you know people from the rural areas they come to work in factories they set up their homes they work on the land they build their houses from scratch they maintain the place and so on and so forth what are the challenges um faced by these urban pioneers the main challenge is forced eviction hmm. so i'll tell you what like you you go to a land mm-hmm. you clear the land mm-hmm. you build your house you get the electricity you make sure the jkr comes and puts a road in kampong koskan tambahan for example they have paved roads uh, and the jkr came in uh, and did that did all of that then suddenly one day the land owner which is the government sells the land to a developer to be developed for money lah let's be honest lah eh? for for profits lah developer calls you and says we will evict you in three months or like uh, this this by this date because the land is not mine i need to start development and that's it all right you think that is fair 
obviously it's not it's 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 barbaric and evil what you're doing to these people because usually these urban pioneers they're not rich you know this is the only house that they have you know and the work that they have because you know uh, even though they've come to work in our factories because of capitalism they're still working in our factories for minimum wage and uh, the 1500 that they get where they're going to go and uh, and uh, rent houses you know at least they had a little bit amount of money saved up uh, so that they can like take care of their families but they do not they, they, and it's and it's it's evil like, what is being happening and it's not just the private developers who are doing it sometimes pkns does it like in kampung uh, sri makmo in, in sri gomba pkns is the ones are sending the letters for eviction this is the biggest problem that they face like. how would you respond then to the argument that the land belongs to the government in some cases or the pri- uh, a private entity uh, or the government sells it to a private entity and so it is up to that private entity to do whatever they feel like it with the land even if it's evicting residents to build a luxury shopping mall it is mm. my property i want to build what i want to build there how would you respond to these arguments Okay lah. Uh, first, let me explain that uh, in Malaysia, uh, for land matters, we have a torrent system, uh, and that system says that uh, don't care who is staying there in the land, so long as you don't have the grant, you don't own it. Anyone who owns the grant owns the land, basically. Right. So sometimes it is the government, sometimes it is the uh, it is the uh, private entities. This law is unsophisticated and doesn't take into consideration a lot of the. Minute details that have to go into um, the the ownership of land. For example, land has never not been used at all for forty years. You never used the land. You had factories here. You had needed people here. People came and built up the houses. Suddenly, you see um, what do you call the economic potential for the land. You sell the land, and you want to develop it. What did the people do? Like you know, like they they didn't do anything wrong, you know. Like uh, they just came and like built their houses that you were supposed to build because the factories were here. You never built houses. You didn't give them the proper facilities. They took care of it themselves, and suddenly, like you fault them for staying in this land. This is where like there's a difference of mentality, lah. Like, mm-hmm. You know, for for PSM and for I hope any uh, fair-minded individual, housing is a basic need. You know, if you look at the Maslow's theory of needs, the basic need, conditions uh, like food, water, uh, clothing, and shelter. Shelter is housing, so housing is a need. When it's a basic need, it needs to be provided to every every human being that needs it. You know, uh, without any fear or favor. Now suddenly you come in and say we want to privatize land, we want to privatize housing. We think that is a, a hugely unfair thing for one, and secondly, it serves very little people. You you said. Uh, build luxury shopping mall, big uh, luxury houses. Who does that serve? You know, right now, I'll tell you my troubles, lah. <laughs> right now, I'm trying to buy a house, right. right? You know, the houses in the market are so expensive. You know, both in the primary market and secondary market because they feed off each other. You know what uh, people do, uh, rich people do usually when they look at the houses, they buy it, they wait for it to be built, they sell it for higher prices. That is the mentality of housing that we have. It's a commodity. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to change from that. Well, from a commodity to a right, and when we realize that is the only way forward, then we can uh, start to solve all of these issues. Until then, we will, we will PSM will still be there fighting, lah. Basically, on uh, each kampung's uh, eviction. What would you say are the root causes of urban poverty and housing issues 
that the urban pioneers face in Malaysia, what is causing um, this level of urban poverty? Capitalism. <laughs> so, uh, and that is the that is the root cause of all right. most things in uh, in the world. But I'll be a little bit more specific. So, urban poverty itself is uh, an issue of um, uh, mismatch in uh, cost of living and wages. So, wages are not increasing as much as cost of living is increasing. That is because profiteering of uh, the private hands and of course some GLCs as well, uh, they feel is more important than uh, taking care of, uh, of, 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 of their workers and taking care of uh, the common people in Malaysia. So that is an urban poverty. The housing issue thing, as I said, housing has become a commodity. What capitalism does is commodifies everything. Because only when you commodify something can you make money out of it. So housing is now a commodity. Land is now a commodity. People buy land. They uh, keep it there for, uh, for many, many years. And then they are selling it for a high markup. Not, they've done nothing to the land. It's just land. But because the land or the house has been like, you know, like uh, bought and then uh, that now is a private, uh, no one else can buy it. No one else can sit there. And so people are forced to either be homeless, you know, or uh, forced to like, what do you call that, pay out of their nose for something. Some PPRs, okay, we go a little bit on housing in general. Right. You go to some uh, PPRs or you go to some uh, low-cost apartments. The law states, for PPR especially, that you cannot rent them out. You think that's not happening? You go and see. You know, A lot of people who are staying in those PPRs are people who are renting from the primary owner. The primary owner is staying somewhere else in a very right. nice uh, apartment. And you know how much they are renting it out for? More than a thousand ringgit. Hmm. You think that is fair? And that is the, that's the cheapest house you can get in the market. You know, This is what I mean by commodification of housing, basically. And we feel for PSM, housing is a right. Of course... When we start talking about free housing, then everyone's going to get scared. Lah. But we have a lot of, of, of plans to make affordable housing uh, a, a reality. And the reason why we, say, why we have brought up these uh, issues uh, or these policies is because we have seen these issues on the ground, especially with urban pioneers and the urban poor. Lah. How would you describe, just to dive into that a little bit more, um, especially from a very big picture standpoint, when we try to understand housing, land, um, and, and, you know, the, the ways the economic model is structured, how would you describe the role of private property and land ownership, um, especially in the context of urban development? Um, you know, um, now we got a, the Panarokabanda issue, um, home evictions and all of that. How would you contextualize that? I think urban development is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, when uh, for PSM, when we want what we want is not no development. What we want is fair development, right? Right. So things that address climate change, things that address uh, you know uh, trans public transportation, especially for poor people, address uh, housing for especially the marhain. These are all the things. These are also urban development. Everyone talks about urban development as if the only things they want to build is luxury apartments, <laughs> uh, condominiums, and like big shopping malls. That's not. That's not the only urban development. Other urban people stay here also, you know. Uh, but when I uh, when we think about like uh, when we look at what is actually happening uh, on the ground, all of the houses that are being built, being built by private developers, you know, all the shopping malls, you know, private entities, you got. So the role of public uh, of, of private property and private development uh, within uh, the context of Panarokabanda is huge because uh, a lot of the times the 
developer wants to build something, they need land. So they uh, uh, they ask the ownership, owner of the land, quote-unquote, uh, usually the government, uh, either through government directly or through non-government entities like PKNS. And they approve or disapprove, basically, depending on what they need. Usually, big uh, development uh, and like, you know, there's going to be a, a huge economic potential approval. Uh, I don't know if there are any hidden hands in that approval, but let's not get into that. Right. Uh, so this becomes the driving factor of uh, of uh, evictions of uh, Panoroka Banda. Because their needs is not uh, is not as important as making money, and it's not just private development. You know, you know, we 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 tend to think about the private hands is different from the government. That's why people get an idea if there's more government, there's more socialism. That's not the case. You know, if the government is hand in hand with the uh, capitalists, then that is a capitalist government. And in this case, the government all the time is hand in hand with the private development. Or else, why would we get a uh, letter of uh, of uh, eviction from PKNS. Why would we get the police, uh, what do you call that, coming to uh, aid the developer and the government officials there to evict uh, people? Don't, la, no need. La. These are couple people. You know, all they're asking for is, a lot of the times, all they're asking for is, if you're building a house here, if you're building a what you call, apartment here, give us one of the apartments. La. Fair what? You are taking them out of their house. You know, or they're saying, okay, like you don't want to give me this apartment because you think this apartment is too expensive, I cannot buy it, never mind. You give me somewhere else, lah. I will go. These are usually 99% of the time, this is what happens. That also they don't want to give. I got fair. On the show with me today is Arvind Kadir Chelvan, Youth Chief of Party Socialist Malaysia. We continue our conversation after the break. Keep it here on Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Beyond the Ballot Box. I'm Dashan Johan, and on the show with me today is Arvind Kadir Chelvan, Youth Chief of Party Socialist Malaysia, and we're talking about urban pioneers. Who are they and what are the challenges that they face? So, Arvind, people might say, you know, sometimes um, the urban pioneers who come, um, they build their houses and, and all of that, I understand that, but what happens if the government wants to take, a, um, you know, perhaps... A, you know, they are trying to redesign their city to make it more walkable, to make it uh, more integrated, to, to beautify it, to, to do so many different things. And the only way to go about it um, is to perhaps uh, demolish certain areas and, and certain taman perumahans and all of that has got to go and they need to rebuild. I think there's, there's two parts to this. Okay. One is um, planning mm-hmm. that does not take into consideration uh, the feedback from uh, the ground and common people. The second thing is the solution. La. So mm-hmm. the planning part is the where, is where like every time when we get a case for Ponoroka Banda, people are shocked. You know, like the Ponoroka are shocked. We've been trying to get, this is what they say, like, we've been trying to get grant, land grant for so many years. They've been like rejecting us, rejecting us, rejecting us. Suddenly, a private developer can get this grant and suddenly he is uh, evicting me. So you don't talk to people on the ground. You don't listen to their concerns. You don't listen to their needs. Suddenly, what do you call that? Because of your the plan that is either in your head or the one uh, you know brought up in boardrooms with the developer, suddenly that, that gets approved. So the biggest issues that we have in Malaysia can be very easily solved if you're honest about uh, what you want to do with the with the people on the ground and you try to find a solution together. But we disrespect the people on the ground because we think that they cannot make uh, decisions. Most of us came from the ground. Come on. Like, you know, like uh, Indians, for example, Dashan, you and me, we came from estates, right? right? 
and there's no reason uh, to think you know all of our development is not based on our struggles before right you know that is just a classist attitude mm-hmm. but uh, if they had actually like gone uh, down and spoke to the people and and be sincere about what they want to do and be sincere about the solutions that they want to give then that is a separate thing altogether we won't have that many issues uh, here the solutioning sometimes they say very sweet things but whether that gets approved or not or whether it gets done or not it's a whole other thing you see uh, for kampung sri makmo that issue is solved you know they have 27 families we uh, they, they took uh, took the government to court and then we re- uh, we drew the case uh, because uh, the government through the menteri besar's office stated that there are 30 houses for 27 families you know there are 30 houses in this other uh, pangsapuri pangsapuri sri temenggong similar area um uh, to be given so no need to solve already solve already to the december 2022 august 2023 We get a letter from PKNS saying we want to evict you from the housing. No uh, alternative houses given yet. No nothing in black and white. Nothing. No feedback from anyone. So, if you're coming up with a solution and you want to give alternative housing, give. Don't lie. You know. So, uh, my thing is uh, get feedback from the ground and be sincere with uh, what you want to give. Talk to me about how PSM. Um, sort of um, overcomes these challenges? How do y'all um, bring communities together to fight um, to um, overcome the challenges, right? Because there is a lot of collective action that y'all do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, protesting um, that y'all do, um, organizing, mobilizing. Talk to me about how um, all of these aspects, organizing, mobilizing, um, you know, is important when it comes to, to the struggle for better living conditions. Okay, so um, usually how it, it happens is through casework. Uh, we get to know um, either through the di- people directly or through um, other sources that uh, a certain area or a certain kampong is being evicted or is going to be evicted. Uh, and what we do is we go and talk to the people there and uh, gather feedback from them. Usually they, when, when people are pushed to the... to this kind of very desperate uh, situation, they band together and try to... Find radical solutions, which we appreciate, lah. So, uh, but we go through all of the all of the necessary, you know, like red tape uh, hoops. You know, we write letter to the menteri besar, we write letter to the developer, we write letter to uh, what other land, um, uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, officials, uh, necessary land office, for example, ADO, for example, write letter to them uh, to uh, get clarification. And then uh, to state that to state that you know there are this many families here they are facing eviction is there any plan is there this and that we try to arrange for meetings and uh, you know usually sometimes we you get the meetings you know so in the meetings we get to uh, let the, uh, empower the couple people to really state what they are what is necessary and what their expectations are after that meeting hopefully it goes well and then uh, the problem is solved there. It's not solved there usually, <laughs> uh, and then uh, what we uh, need to do is send a memorandum. Usually, this is what happens: uh, send a memorandum. Send a memorandum. We uh, mobilize all of the families uh, that are involved. We go to uh, the necessary areas. Uh, so, if it is uh, Selangor, we go to the SUK. We went to the SUK last week. So, we go to the SUK. We give a memorandum. We stated we state that this 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 problems are here. And then hopefully after that we get another meeting and then we discuss and then the problem is solved. Usually that's not the case as well. What happens is the these are all ignored and then uh, 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 a certain date is given for the eviction. 
and then they'll come with their bulldozers they'll come with their machinery to evict uh so that that escalates to the the, the third uh, <laughs> avenue is where we defend the kampung physically so we mobilize all of the kampung people there stand together in front of the uh, heavy machinery we viral the issue we uh, call media we really try to use all of the avenues to give pressure sometimes you call even the prime minister uh if you know that if you know them lah you know, call the prime minister and the prime minister will uh, will try to do something or the mantri busa mantri busa will do something but one time we called the prime minister the prime minister called the uh, what do you call that the i think either the mantri busa or the developer they didn't listen the developer actually <laughs> they didn't listen the prime minister calling and telling you to stop they, they, they don't listen you know because why of the uh, they have the land uh, grant and they'll do what they can basically So these are all the things that we do basically. So the only thing that people see sometimes is the protest because they don't see the months maybe years of hard work uh, behind there that we have gone through the uh, the the correct avenues as they say. Uh sometimes correct avenues are just there for show lah. It's all dead ends. Sometimes you just need to protest. And the good thing is after we protest the issue becomes viral, the developer loses money, the mantri busa loses face. So then they then we'll get uh, some solutions happening then the houses will come lah basically uh, but this is a sustained effort lah what role should the government play because you talk about how you know even governments um, like i think earlier you brought up a good point about how you said people sometimes thinks more government equals more socialism but gov- you know there could be elite capture of the state and of political parties and all of these things and and you know the the private side business elite and all can you know have have their influence in there so what should a government do when it comes to addressing the concerns of urban pioneers first of all recognize housing as a right you know we we have to like take up the government is to take up the responsibility of making sure that all of uh, the people that are in malaysia and i'm not just talking about citizens yeah all of the residents of malaysia including migrant workers have houses uh that uh, they can stay in have dwellings that they can stay in you know uh, and ownership of housing is a important factor when it comes to urban settlers your job is half done basically because they already have houses so a lot of the urban settlers because even even for us lah when we want to leave our taman our house and go to another place we maybe we bought a bigger house or nicer house there right. we feel very sad mm-hmm. because we've grown up there you know we spent so many years there for these people they've some of them have been born there raised there got married there have children there and some of them even have chil- uh, their children have children right so this is like decades and decades and decades of love that they have that place and they want to stay there so if you want to develop uh, that place make sure they have houses there lah or you want to develop very nice uh, big shopping mall there they cannot be there give alternative housing the reality is the policy policy already exists in selangor the policy already exists when it comes to evicting uh, urban pioneers there is uh, a policy stating that uh, alternative housing will be given so please follow your own policies what we are trying to tell the the uh, selangor government here basically and this is exactly the the play, uh, the 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 position that the government can take and i'm talking not the socialist government i'm talking about the government now can take right. basically uh, ensure that you tell your developer okay you i give you this land this land has this kampung this kampung has this many people make sure when you build you give this many houses or you are building something else you cannot give these houses uh, to them you give us this amount of money 
we'll give them uh, uh, what you call the alternative houses. The main point is make sure that people don't go homeless, lah. You know, make sure the people are not going out there and renting out of their nose to like um, to to someone else in the in the secondary market. If you're evicting people, if you're taking away someone's houses, it's only fair that you recompensate them with either a house or enough money to get an alternative house. What is the importance of class solidarity? What is the importance of all of us showing solidarity with these urban pioneers when it comes to addressing this issue and the larger issue of of housing as a human right? I think first of all, don't listen to propaganda. You know, you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter. Suddenly, oh, isu kampung ni sebenarnya kita sudah bongkar, kita sudah tahu they they are trying to like overturn the menteri besar. They are trying to this. They are trying to that. No, no, no. Look at the issue for what it is. You know. For Sri Makmo, for example, or Kapokoskan, this is 30, 40 years that they have stayed there. They have they have water, they have electricity. Everybody knows that they're there. Suddenly, you call them sitting and suddenly you call uh, you 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 evict them from the house. So I want listeners to understand this. You have you are living in a house, right? Imagine someone comes to you, drags you out of the house, and leaves you with no other option. Where are you gonna go? Even for someone like me, I mean, I'm earning. Uh, much higher than uh, than than many of our Peranakan uh, Banda people. Even for me, I would find this a huge challenge to Absolutely. find alternative housing at such a such a short uh, time period. Uh, so imagine that happens to you. What are you going to do? And imagine on top of that, you know everything that you've known for the past forty years has been taken away. Imagine your old parents; they cannot go anywhere. You know they are in the middle of the street and they are crying. Because this is what we see. Mm-hmm. It's a very serious issue. It's not someone playing around to just get free houses. No, they don't want houses. They want to stay in their house. It's just terpaksa. You want the land, so give us alternative housing. So class solidarity is very important. Okay, one day you will face a problem. You know that is very similar to this, and we're already facing it because of the unaffordability of housing. You know, today you don't stand with these people. Tomorrow, no one's going to stand with you. You know, if you want to think about it selfishly, that is the case. You know, but if you want to think about it more egalitarianly, this is not the Malaysia that we want to live in. This is not the land we want to be associated with, and it doesn't make us proud. Because any land that makes its people homeless is a land that we need to uh, fight against. Any state that makes people homeless is a state that we need to change. So please, we uh, we really need a lot of class solidarity on these issues. Arvin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. That was Arvind Kadir Chelvan, Youth Chief of Party Socialist Malaysia. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.